Hello and welcome to the Down to the Wire podcast. I'm your host, Finn Pappenfuss, along with Alex Briggs. Today we'll be discussing the college football playoff and which sport has the best athletes. But first, we'll discuss some changes for the upcoming NFL season. So a lot has happened since our last episode, and that includes the NFL has thought about some new rule changes. And one idea that got passed around was that the onside kick would essentially be eliminated, and that would be replaced with a 15-yard conversion. What are your thoughts on this, Alex? I think that, you know, I, I, I do agree that it's it's a very good sort of alternative. I think that the onside kick has sort of, you know, it used to be a not reliable way, but it used to sort of be, you know, 20-30% chance that you could get the ball back. Now it's just so low. The chances that you get the ball back have just really decreased since the NFL has, you know, changed the way that the onside kick happens. Um, so I think the 4th and 15 idea does work very well. I think that the only problem, you know, that might start to happen is that, you know, the game is really starting to get more centered around offense and, you know, look more about passing the ball rather than running the ball. So this plays perfectly into offenses as offensive schemes because if you look at it, right, like if you just look at Kansas City, for example, a 4th and 15, if they have the right play design, it's not hard to convert. Because, you know, they they have the they have the receivers, they have the players, and I just think that it, it really, you know, it makes it easier for teams that are centered around offense rather than centered around defense. So I, I, I agree that it does really hurt. Like, if teams are centered around defense it, and they're trying to get back late in the game, they're going to have next to no chance because of that. So I I well, I'm I've been really disappointed cuz I think the onside kick is one of the most exciting plays that is in the sport and that has essentially been talked around that would be eliminated and has become yes useful. There have been multiple instances um to name a few the I think it was the 2009 Super Bowl Saints versus Colts the Saints pulled an onside kick to begin the half, and that helped them go and win the Super Bowl. As well as in the 2014 NFC Championship game, the Seahawks pulled off one against the Packers to help them make a huge comeback against against the Packers and go to the Super Bowl. So I'm really disappointed that you know they're even thinking about it, and I'm just disappointed that it's not become as easy, or, or it's become much more difficult. To do it, and because it's really it, it, a lot of kickers are take pride in themselves for for doing for having being great onside kickers, and uh, it's just been eliminated. And I, I'm I'm really disappointed by it. And I just hope they can come up with some something that's so a good offense isn't the only thing you need to come back in a game. Yeah, I think the onside kick, the the main, you know, I think. It can be really effective in today's NFL if it's done, you know, let's say you're down two touchdowns at the half, right? You need something to sort of spark your offense, sort of steal possession, sort of get back in the game, right? I think that if you do an onside kick when the other side isn't really expecting it, I think that it can be really effective, right? But I, I do think that when, when the other side expects it, the rate of getting an onside kick is just so low 
that I think I you know I was even reconsidering this while you were talking. I think that maybe a fourth and fifteen is the right idea because I think that it does you know even for I you know an offense that's not as potent. I think that it still gives you a better chance, right? You just have to pick up fifteen yards if you design the right play. You can scheme guys open that way, but an onside kick has to be kicked so perfectly, just so amazingly, and the other side has to make a mistake most of the time. I just think that, you know, getting rid of it, um, you know, I don't think you necessarily need to get rid of it, but I think there should also be an alternative to the way that a team can get the ball back. Yeah, well, another another point is that um, without, if you do do that 15-yard conversion option, then you're telling teams to essentially, you want to stay in games, you've got to have a good offense. And so teams won't put as much money into building up their defenses when they know if they have a good offense, they can come back because ultimately they will get those fourth, those 15-yard conversion options to take. And really good teams like the Chiefs, even if they didn't don't have great defense, will be able to stay in games. And, of course, the NFL... I can understand wanting that because touchdown touchdowns are money, but it takes away a lot of teams want to build a great defense, and defenses are just as important as the offense. And I don't think you should be saying if you have a great offense, you you can convert. Now, of course, you could argue if the other team has a great defense, it's going to be much harder to, or harder to convert, and I can see that. So, but. I personally love the onside kick. It's a really exciting play, and it always lead, leaves just a little bit of, even even if it's minuscule, the chances of of, your, of a team getting it, it, it just adds to the excitement of the game. So I have two quick points to touch on. I think that, one, I think one of the main things to concern, um, you know, when you look at how the two-point conversion is done, for example, right? You know, let's say... You know, Aaron Rodgers steps up, throws an interception. You know, it's intercepted. They run the other team runs it back, right? That's two points. I just think that you there's there's also sort of, you know, y- you have to look at the facts and you have to also see and and determine where this is going to be done, right? Where are we going to make this fourth and fifteen conversion? Are we just going to make this you know, um, sort of you know undone? Are we going to make this sort of in a way that you know, it does. It's it's sort of dead to the rest of the game, right? Like it's not a live play in a sense. Or are we going to make it so you know, if the other team intercepts, it runs it back. It's going to count for some points. I think that can also play into where you know this is actually placed on the field. Another point, you know, Finn touched on how defense is important. I think it's you know, defense wins championships, right? I think it's obvious that you got to keep defenses good because defenses are ultimately going to help you win, right? I think. You're going to need, right, if you look at it, a great defense can carry you way more than a great offense because I think that the ability to stop other teams and make it so your offense doesn't have to do too much is much worse than your offense having to carry the load every single time and your defense just taking naps on the field. So I think that that also plays a role. Yeah, so obviously this is a discussion, and they ultimately trashed this idea at least for this year. Um and to go into another kind of change they they've thought about, um, and they've, which is they've gotten rid of being able to th- challenge a pi a pass interference call. 
I disagree with this because I don't want the I, I don't want the 2018 NFC Championship game to happen again. I think if the Saints get that call, I think they go on and win that Super Bowl because I think they they were better offense than the Rams, and I think they would have scored more points than the Rams, and I think they would have beaten the Patriots that year. And that is ultimately going to be every time I think of them changing this rule, I think of that play. And I mean, I think I think that this year because the rates were very low on you know how many teams actually got overturned plays got overturned but I think I think late in games this should be one of those similar to a touchdown it should be an automatic review if it's anything close th- there should be some sort of form like somebody in the the, the bo- in the, t- the top box or whatever um, should be able to take a do- second look at that play and then and then say if they should go and review it what are your thoughts I think that the main issue isn't sort of getting rid of PI or keeping the PI review. I think it's more the criteria because I think that the problem is that the reason the rates are so low is that there's no real criteria, right? There's no, it, you know, they define it as like, you know, obstructing the, obstructing the ability to make the catch, but really what does that mean? Right. And there's no sort of clear cut criteria for what a pass interference is. So it's very subjective. I think that that's why, right, you know, if it's ruled not a pass interference on the field, unless it is so blatantly obvious, like this, like, you know, Saints versus Rams 2018 NFC Championship, unless it is so blatantly obvious, they're not going to do anything. And that's, I think, what you saw here. If there are rules and if there are, you know, if there's a criteria set and the referees know exactly what to be looking for, then I think that can also, you know, that, that makes this pass interference rule so much more legitimate because I think that, the review right now has become illegitimate due to the fact that there's just no real criteria. And, and you're looking to see, you know, you can see that the Saints again got screwed. Um, I don't know if they got screwed. I, I think that the call, um, you know, could have gone either way. But I think that the reason there's so much controversy every time one of these calls has to be made is because there's just no real criteria. So one thing I've heard is that NFL referees didn't like this change in the rules is when it w- is being able to review this. And so what I've heard is that the refs basically undermined the rule by not overturning as many plays because they, they didn't agree with it. And so, because there were some, there were some calls that you, you could say that should have been overturned, but they didn't. So, I mean, there's that, um, but there's also like it's it's also the first year of these coaches getting used to this rule, which might be why they you know that it wasn't as great of a of a success rate. And I don't think because I don't think you should look at that the success rate and just trash it because of it. I think you should give it at least another year. If it if it's not working by year two, all right, go change it. But this was a change a lot of people wanted, and. I just don't know why I I I'm I I thought it was something that needed to happen, and I, I when I heard this I I honestly was kind of shocked because because of what happened in that championship game, the the importance of it and and the blatant miss of a call that 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 should not happen. It a, a team's a, a team's future should not be decided by by some by by a referee missing a call that should have been there. 
especially one as blatant as that one. So, so what do you think about, I think, you know, what do you think about the criteria point that I made? Because I think, I, I do think that the pass interference rule matters, but I just don't think it's a legitimate sort of rule right now due to the criteria of pass interference. I mean... Like, do you think that should be changed in any way? Because I think that the main reason why this rule is getting scrapped is because there's too much, A, controversy, and too much, you know, there, there's just not enough, there's just no knowledge of what a pass interference is. Well, I think I think it's as simple as if, 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 a, if a defender is making too much contact, pass interference. If the defender is making contact and not looking at the balls that's coming in, that that's that that's pass interference. I think that I think anything that the 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 defender does that is unnecessary and and clearly prevents. And it's not. And I don't mean just good defense. I mean something that a tug maybe, a, an extra shove. I I I think it. Sh- I think they should keep it simple. If it if it looks like the receiver should have caught it, but the the defender was doing something that he may that he probably shouldn't be doing or kind of making it unfair i think that should be what pass interference is yeah i mean so- i mean when you're playing football you can feel it when you feel like you've you've been unfairly touched in a way that has it, it, i i respect good defense but when you're but when the defender does something that doesn't seem fair uh, you you know what it is when you're when you play. Yeah, I think there's too many buzzwords because you're you're talking about you know you said unnecessary, you said clearly prevents, you say the offensive player should have been able to catch it, and then you said you know I think that you know you you said you know as an offensive player you know when the defender's doing something that they shouldn't have done, right? I think that see that's the problem because even if 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 you go as that as your criteria. What does unnecessary mean? What does clearly prevents mean? What does should have caught it mean? These things need definitions, and I think that that and and, and providing those definitions, right? You you got onto a point where you said you know maybe an extra shove, maybe these things, because I think those are the type of things you need. You need more rules, more criteria, not you know subjective judgments that you know people in New York get to make. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just think I, I think I think they they scrapped it a little too early, and I do agree that they probably should have made it clear. And it's like it's just like the catch, well, like what is a catch? They need to make it more clear. They need to make it in a way that we can all understand it. And that's one thing this league seems to struggle with. All right, cool. So we both agree on that. All right, so we'll move on to uh, one more topic on the NFL. We'll be talking about the new playoff format and, you know, me and Finn's perspectives on that. So, Finn, you want to go ahead? I don't like it. I've never had an issue with with it, and I don't understand why you would. I, it, you, you look at teams that would have made, have made the playoffs last year. The Steelers in the AFC. The Rams in the NFC. Those teams didn't seem like playoff teams. Those teams didn't feel like they were playoff ready. They, those team, those teams seem like they were, they they were definitely going to lose. And I understand for financial reasons why the NFL has done this, but I feel like it takes away a little bit of the competitiveness. 
you know, that, 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 that extra playoff game is more like a, eh, it'll be all right game. Because you've got the second best team in each division. Let's say last year it was the Packers. It would have been the Packers and the Rams. I Well, the Packers might not be, even though many people say the Packers were the worst two seed basically ever. They, I think they would have won that, and I don't think it would have been that much of competition. The Rams were just simply a team that just completely disappointed and, and did not deserve to be in the playoffs. All right, so I'm going to disagree with you here. I think that, you know, the main reason why I support this is that it checks back for those four-seed division winners, right? So you say, you, you, you say did, you know, did Pittsburgh seem like a playoff team? Did L.A. seem like a playoff team? Well, did Philadelphia seem like a playoff team? I don't think so. And I think that this, the main thing that this, this does, right, the main thing that this actually does here is that it checks back for those division winners that, you know, they, there's a bad division, right? Like last year we can look to the NFC East, poor division, right? Just overall poor division. And because of that, a 9-7 and seven team is awarded the division. And that means that, you know, better teams that come after that are not going to be able to capture the, you know, are not going to be able to get into the playoffs. And I think that one of the main things that this does is it, it allows the teams that do deserve it to get in rather than, you know, it, it doesn't prevent those division winners that didn't win and didn't do so well from getting in, but it does help, um, you know, those teams on the outside looking in. You talk about how the Packers and Rams would be a non-competitive game. You know, I I disagree because I think that if you look at the Packers last year, you know, you said they're the most ugly 13-3 and two seed that we've ever seen. You know, I don't disagree. I think that you just look to games like the Redskins game where, you know, they, they won by five points and it was probably the most ugly game I've ever witnessed from a two seed. So I just think that it, it does it provides a way for for teams that do deserve it to ultimately get in. Well, I'll, I'll bring up the counter because I don't think the Packers-Ramsing was the best example. Chiefs-Steelers. That game's not even close. I'm sorry, that game's not even close. Steelers were not a playoff team. They struggled so much. They got, what, six turnovers on the 49ers and still lost. That is not a playoff team. It was five. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. keep. That's not The Steelers were not a playoff team. They would have gotten killed by the Chiefs. And I used a very bad example with the Packers because, as I said, they, they're one of the worst two seeds ever. But, in most cases, the two seed w- will absolutely destroy. Sure, you can say David Goliath. Most of the times, Goliath is going to win that, and it'll be once in a while. Once in a while will that team win. The other games are at least exciting. You know, st- I'll, I'll, let's look at the Eagles-Seahawks. That game was really exciting. You said the Eagles weren't, didn't seem like a playoff team. That team gave up a fight with their backup quarterback, with, with McCown in there. To, to a very good Seahawks team that beat you guys, that, that beat the 49ers, and probably should have won the the second the other game. So, I feel like there's just a huge gap between kind of that last seed that gets in. Like, I think there's a huge gap between the Vikings and the Rams. I think there's a huge gap between the Titans and the Steelers. They, those were just different level teams. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, I mean, 
I do think that making the playoffs is just such a great thing for organizations because, you know, it, it allows them to see that their hard work actually meant something. And, you know, whether or not you think those games will be competitive, whether or not you think those games will, you know, play out very well, I do think that those teams do deserve a chance because they fought all year. They they, they were better than, you know, the other teams that were talking about, those those four-seed division winners that, you know, were 9-7. and seven. A lot of you know, a lot of ten and six teams in the past have made have missed the playoffs due to that, and I think that you know giving them a chance, whether or not that chance is very high or very low, I know I think that is you know it's good the emotionality of making the playoffs. If you look at the Bills, um, and I think it was twenty seventeen when they got in, right? They lost to Jacksonville, but right, it's just the emotionality of bringing a franchise to the playoffs and seeing your hard work pay off. I think it's just so it, it's just so great. Here's the thing, is that even with these new rules, there'll always be like, yeah, the Bills made it. And then let's say let, let's say another team that hasn't made the playoffs in a really long time, uh, problem, the Browns. Let's say they got, all, they got in on one of those. Yes, it's great, but you can't really compare that Bills team in the same way with the Browns because that Browns team got in only because there was another playoff spot. The, the Bills got on in the original four, and I think that, that's something that people are going to look back kind of on is that difference, and, and I think that will be up for de- a lot of debate. Yeah, um, I, d- I do. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, go on, go ahead. I do think that it will take some time getting used to. Like, I don't think it's going to be a smooth transition. Like, I do think that, you know, it's going to be weird watching that extra playoff game for an NFL fan, right? But I do think that it, it, it gives a lot of momentum to these teams that – have been stuck in the ground and are, are not able to, you know, they, they, they're just not able to win as much as, you know, other teams are. And I do think that it, it elevates them and provides them a nice chance. All right. So, All right, so we're going to move on. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. The, yeah. The college football playoff. Um, so Finn, I've got Finn a, has a pretty I've got large a plan. idea on that. So, yeah. Um, we'll go. So, the college football playoff was a huge thing when it came in. But even now, there's debate on how it should be changed. Um, so I got a plan. It consists of an eight-team playoff, um, and let me just get the basic things. Each Power Five conference uh, get, gets an automatic bid. Um, the position the position is based on rank, and if one of those Power Five teams doesn't have a team in the top top eight, that team will automatically get the eight seed. It doesn't matter that you won that you won, or that you're the best team in your conference. It, it, that doesn't mean you're going to be a top five top five seed it's it means because it's going to be your eight if, if you were nine or something like that so um that's part of it um and then games are held the first round is going to be held one week after the army navy game and then the other part is that teams that lost lose in the first round still get to go to a normal bowl game um which is usually going to be majors and i don't think that extra loss should count against them because they still made uh, the playoffs. So basically, if, if this system had been in uh, for this previous season, we would have seen um, LSU versus Wisconsin in the first round, Oklahoma-Georgia, Ohio State-Baylor, Clemson-Oregon. Those games are all very intriguing, and I'd, uh, and I'd pretty much say there are only two games – that I don't really see. I mean, even thing is, even Wisconsin LSU is interesting with Wisconsin's great D. So, I 
it's a work in progress to plan, but I do think it needs to be. I I think the, the four team playoff just isn't isn't enough. Um, I again will disagree with you. I think that the problem is is that the playoff right. The one seed's always you know a good team. The two seed's always a good team. The three seed's generally a good team. The four seed is never really ha- has ever really stood a chance against the one seed. You can look to the Ohio State team in the first year of the playoff that won. Okay, great. But all of the other four seeds have just not even come close, right? Like if you look at Oklahoma LSU this year, disaster game. If you look at the 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 game from um, I'm, it's slipping my mind, but no, uh, it's uh, I'm trying to think, um. Yeah, I, I I don't have it off the top of my head. Is but it? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay. But I think the general idea here is that those games are just not very good. And I think that if you add more teams, right, if you make the talent gap even more despair, right, even more great, like a one versus eight seed matchup, it's just not it, It's not a good game because I think that, you know, one of the major problem that, problems that this points to is that, you know, the Alabama-Clemson – LSU this year, obviously, the talent gap is just so great. It's just so great that I, I, I honestly think that, you know, when you're looking at the teams this year, maybe it's just a one and two seed for the, you know, championship as it used to be because the playoff is just really disappointed in my opinion because I think that the four seeds, the three seeds, you know, the three seed, two seed is always a great game, but I just don't think that the four seed, one seed game even compares to that. You know what? I can see your argument, but I mean, I mean, Clemson and Alabama's already shown that they might be on the downfall. This next season is going to be huge, but this isn't about right now because we clearly have two dominant teams. But what about the future when teams are more even? And even even with this bracket that would have been this year, Wisconsin was the worst game. Uh, the one versus eight seed, Wisconsin LSU Wisconsin is not a bad game. Wisconsin's got a ver- got one of the best defenses in the country. Against LSU, the issue with putting with, with with your argument with Oklahoma is that Oklahoma is famous for having no D, and really the whole Big Twelve, which is the only may, maybe this will hopefully make the Big Twelve have a bit more D. But you you look at these games, LSU Wisconsin, that's a good game, potentially. Ohio State Baylor, okay, another Big Twelve team, but you could still see that potentially being a high score game, high scoring game. Oklahoma, Georgia. I'd pay to see that. That's a rematch of the final of, of the college football playoff two years ago. Maybe maybe it's three now. Clemson, Oregon. That is that is another very good inter- interesting game. That would have been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. These games would have been interesting. They would have been good. We saw Clemson, Ohio State this year. One of the best football games the of, of that decade. But now we get now we get more chances to see teams that don't play each other. We're gonna get to see them play each other. The last time LSU and Wisconsin played was in Lambeau Field. Wisconsin won. They they're not on the line, and I think it's just I think it's and there's gonna be a lot of money to be made, and it's gonna be super. I I, I as somebody who loves college football with all my heart, this would be so exciting. You know I I'm listening to you, and I think. You think, yeah, I think it might be good for, you know, I would say you try it for a year, maybe two, see how things are going. If they're not going, if they're looking the way I, you know, I thought they would be, 
then maybe you turn around and you go back to four, maybe even two. But if it works, I say you keep it because I think it does, you know, like Finn said, bring in more money, bring in more teams, bring in more intriguing matchups, I guess, that have not really happened because, you know, inner, you know, a lot of the non-conference schedule that currently happens is Alabama, Arkansas State, right? It's just nonsense, and no one wants to watch that, right? You want to see the interleague matchups that are just, you know, inter interconference matchups that are just intriguing, and you don't get uh, to get to often see them. So I do think that yeah. that that is that is sort of a unique and 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 cool idea. So if you have anything more to say, oh uh, yeah, so I I want to hype this up even if it may not happen because of the virus, but Ohio State Oregon next two years that's gonna be that's gonna be fun, but. Yeah, you know what? I, this is really about more money to be made. This is about generating more people to watch the games because I think, because I, I think this playoff could generate a lot more. It, it, you look at how many pe- people tune in to watch these the, the playoff right now. Now think of that if you have an extra play, if you have what four four more games, how exciting is that? Uh, yeah, I I you know. I, I'm surprised that you didn't actually mention that, you know, currently in the system, one loss can just throw you out of the thing, right? Throw you out of the, yeah. you know, just, just throw you out of the bracket. And I think that, you know, if you look at, you know, I, I, I think it was, I, I'm not sure, but it was a couple years ago that Auburn beat both Alabama and Georgia, but still did not make the playoff, right? Yeah. They had two losses. But they had the two best wins, you know, in in the same season against two number one ranked teams that we've ever probably witnessed, right? And I think they deserve a playoff because although they lost two two games, they they just killed it when they got a chance against on the big stage, right? So I do think that that, you know, yeah. that there is there is an argument for you know maybe you lose early in the season, but you know you rebound, you get better, and you have a chance to you know go in the playoff, you know. I'm going to bring this to baseball, but if you look at the Washington Nationals, right, they're like 19 and 31, right? Um, That's, uh, you know, during the season last year. And they won it all, right? So it just shows that the beginning of the season is often very unreflective of what you actually are at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Well, yeah. And kind of going off this win-loss thing, one of the reasons I love college football is because every game is so important. And if – in one of my my thoughts going into this is what will this eighteen playoff make every game less important? I, and I don't I don't think that holds. I don't I think it's still true that every game will matter because you can't see a team with three losses. You really a three team with three losses and maybe not getting. And you're right. There are a lot of teams that have that that do really well in the season and then one or two trip ups end up costing it. I um look back at. I think it was 2017, maybe 2018, Wisconsin was undefeated. And a lot of people were saying it was a great defense, but they'd not really played anybody too good. And then they played Ohio State, and they lost by, like, a touchdown. And this was th- this was an 11-1 team, and they missed the playoffs. That defense could have really helped them, and because of this one loss, they they didn't. Um, they didn't get to co- go to a... To, to have a really have a shot at the playoff because of this one game, and with the playoff and with the playoffs, the playoffs had eight teams. A lot, a lot of really good teams would have made it. A lot of Georgia, Georgia's a great example. Georgia would have made it, would be making it more often. So, a lot of good teams are left out, 
and that, and that's really disappointing to see. And so one of the things with this eight team playoff is that we get to see a lot of those good teams that might have had a trip up or two still getting the chance to to go out and prove themselves and win a championship. Yep, I do. I I, I just think that you know, like you said, you got to be immaculate to make the college football playoff now. And I think that getting rid of you know, expanding to eight teams makes it so, you know, you don't have to be as good. And, you know, it's not that you don't even have to be as good. It's just that you don't have to be as immaculate. You can lose a game. You can lose even two maybe. But if you prove that you're a good team, you prove that you have the good wins, you prove that you have the tier one wins, you're going to get in. All right. So let's move on to our final topic. And that's just going to be one that we actually added last minute, which is just that, you know, we're just going to be talking about which sport has the best athletes um you know is it the mlb is it the nba is it the nfl is it the nhl um really really any sport if you want to go ahead finn um well i think the obvious answer is basketball these guys are giants and they they're still extremely extremely athletic you look at guys like kevin durant they're six nine or, or, or close to seven foot and yet they're probably more agile than me or you because i mean the, the way these guys work their their the ethic the the way the way they go about it and just work i i think these are some of the easily i think if you want if you got a list of the 50 most athletic on the planet i think what you'd see is mostly is a lot of basketball players the other, the other one is soccer, because these guys have to run around for ninety minutes, and 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 they don't stop, and they don't stop exactly, and these guys are all they're all sorts of sizes. You get you got big guys running around. Usually they, they might be taken out a little bit earlier, but you also got the small guys. And so so, so soccer, I, I do think the NBA just because they're all huge and they're they're running around on these hard floors and doing it for ten, eleven years and. At, at 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 an elite level. So, w- what do you think? Yeah, I think generally, I, I would say generally it's probably basketball, right? Because I'm I'm gonna get into this more, but I think that the main reason that this comes is just endurance, right? And I think you got it to this with soccer, but it's like the NBA, you got to play 48 minutes, right? And if and if you're a great player, you're gonna be playing a lot of those minutes, right? Then let's say you know you're on the road, you're tired. You're hungry. You want a game, right? Then you got to go and you got to be in another building the next night for another game, right? I, I just think that that's, that's just sort of it's, – it's just it's, – it's such a grind mentally and physically for these players, and I think that that ultimately shows that they're very athletic. One of the other ones I think – you know, I would also say that the NHL, um, th- yeah. those guys are also athletic because I think that skating is harder than people think. It's, it's really – you know, difficult. it's 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 difficult on your knees. It's very taxing after a while. Um, I lived in New York for five years and never learned to skate. I yeah, do. it's, it's just hard. it's very taxing on your knees, and I think that that just you know it shows that you know these guys they also have back to backs. You know, they also have to deal with that type of stuff, and I just think that that's that's also just a you know it's a grind. Soccer, I would say, I would just I definitely don't think it's baseball because I think that. Baseball is just so it's just right the sport's not very There's so fa- much pauses. There's just so much pause that endurance isn't really a factor, right? The most athletic play you've ever seen is an inside the park home run and 
NBA athletes are doing that on a nightly consistent basis, right? Another two, another two, you know, ones that are just kind of, again, out of left field, people don't usually think about. I would say, you know, one is tennis players because I think that these guys, you know, if you look at them, you know, if you look at the guys in the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, French Open, these guys are playing these, you know, they're, they're playing three set matches, right? And that is at a minimum, right? So let's just say a match goes five sets. You know, we've seen matches that go three, four, five hours long, right? And it's just it's just so exhausting running around and just keep going, right? You're not you never stop because it's just it's so it's just mentally taxing, right? And and tennis you can often see comes down to a mental game because it's just who can who wants it more, right? And you know, it's just you and the opponent. There's no team, you know, it's just really on you. Another one um, I would say is yeah, you go ahead. Go no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I would say that another one is um is I I would say, you know, people don't often think about this, but uh Finn's probably gonna laugh here, is uh gymnasts because I think that, you know, these people also have to, you know, the the the, the flexibility, a lot a, a lot of the, you know, the strength in terms of doing all these you know different types of flips and doing all these different types of moves i i also think that that's you know that's also a very taxing thing and it's very tiring too because you know it's just it's it's very hard to do on a consistent basis um now i'm gonna come in with a very kind of on the level of of gymnastics but one that I, i it's kind of it's it's something a lot of people do um in northern states where they can do this is cross country skiing if you've never done it, you have no idea how taxing it is. It, it's not like downhill ski, hill skiing. It's cross-country where you're basically either going on flat and maybe you'll get a couple going down a little bit or, or, or going up, which is – and this is it's, – it's not easy. Um, I enjoy it, but, it, but it, it is a workout. And I feel like people who do that, who, who do that at professional levels – are just, are incredible athletes. I ha- hands down to them because I could never go four or five miles at a time full going. If you look at if you watch the Olympics, these people are like really going kind of fast, and, and it's uphill, cr- straight. There, there's not a lot of downhill. Is is a nice little is nice, but a lot of it is uphill or just straight. And that downhill that can be very downhill taxing. is the vacation. Uphill and you know straight is the grind, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other possible ones. You could say the 300 pound football players that have to go out there for a long time. I mean, I would say certain the, football players in in certain positions have to be very athletic. I would say that not all of them, because yeah. I I think that you know a running back very you got to be very athletic to take all those hits every time, right? And you often see this reflected in how long these guys' careers are. They're often cut short because they just can't sustain the the repeated blows, right? Of you yeah, know. Give a shout out to the linemen. Also, yeah, yeah. Beat up the I would also time. say, yeah, the linemen. The linemen. Um, I'm trying to think. I would say. I would say linebackers. Linebackers, because they got to sort of make plays all over the field. Um, yeah, you can take it. Punters in the mind in the mind game. That's a it's a completely different game. Yeah. Um, you know what? We could we could go on talking about how athletic all these people are, but I think if we really look at it, my pick for 
the most athletic, cross country. I don't know about you, but I, I've laid out my argument for them. Uh, skiing how, or what, running? What's your cross country uh, skiing. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, I would say uh, probably NBA, NHL for me. But you know, in summary, to be an athlete, you got to be athletic, right? You, yeah. There's there's no way that you can sustain yourself as an athlete if you're not athletic at all. So yeah, you know, that's how we'll wrap it up. Yep. Thank you guys for listening to this. This has been Down to the Wire. Um, please check out our Twitter and uh, Instagram accounts. Um, follow. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Adios. Thank you.